The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Vaughn, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast. We invite you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Mill Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple of Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for over 95 years and our prayer to the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lagbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Monsignor, in 1959, who continues the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience. Saints, wherever you are, in the shuttings, that there are those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Of a church choir in the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing for us this wonderful song entitled Let the Church Roll On, featuring a solo by Ryan Okahashi. Will you be ready, viewers, to hear those three little words come up hither? Today is the day of salvation, for there is no promise of tomorrow. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Lach on the organ.
in the church and he ushers wrong what shall we do teach him how to do it right and let the church roll on roll on church let the church roll in the church and he won't preach right shape him up or shift him out and let the church roll on roll on church let the church roll on church and she talks too much if you have a woman in the church and she talks too much there ain't nothing you can do In John 14, 2 and 3, it reads, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Our church band under my direction will play for you this uplifting song entitled, Mansion Builder.
When you stand upon the Mount of Olives, you overlook the majestic holy city of Jerusalem. Then to the side, there is a trail that you can walk down that will lead you to the eastern gate, which is the back part of the city. This gate has never been opened, but will be one day by the Lord himself, and it will enter therein. Our solo this morning, Seth Makana Asano, will sing the beautiful song entitled, The Holy City. Accompanying it will be Marvin Abing on the bass, Trusty Associate Pass, and Mr. Senior, and Mason Sano Senior on the guitars, Iris Luck on the drums, the string section of our band, and yours truly on the piano. Last night I lay asleeping, there came a dream so fair. I stood in old Jerusalem beside the temple there. I heard the children singing, and ever as they sang, methought the voice of angels from heaven and answer Methought the Was denied. Lord, 
Psalms 46.10 reads, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Just believe, TV viewers, that all we are and all we can become is because of Jesus. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Once again, our church choir will sing this inspirational song entitled, God Spoke. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen. Thank you. 
In this incursed devil-may-care world, we often find ourselves slipping back into our habits and our old ways as we come to a crossroad in our life that is preventing us from continuing on our road to salvation. But never fret, Jesus is just a prayer away. Listen as we have the multi-talents of our instruments consisting of a band combo as he delights us with this tune entitled, He Hideth My Soul.
When we make the choice to put Jesus first in our lives, we try very hard to make positive changes in the right direction so that Jesus can lead and guide our steps each and every day. We must draw closer to his wounded side, ever pressing forward as written in Philippians 3.14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I will do it this morning. So it's Marvin and Sherlyn Abing will sing the song entitled In His Time. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Ms. Robin Tampos. We hope and pray you enjoy this dedication, Robin, and that your day be blessed with God's love, pressed on and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday. Greetings. 
In the sweet name of Jesus, I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our scheduled gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kaimaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services is also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to these spot, these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. One of the reasons I truly feel blessed is that I have the opportunity to share the good news of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you, our TV congregation, through these weekly telecasts. Man's human instincts causes him to embrace sin and shun the Lord's sacrifice and call to everlasting life through his salvation. It is my sincerest desire that you will not fail to heed the Lord's commandment to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. I pray that as a result of the gospel message you will hear today entitled, The Fight is On, will move you to step closer to Jesus. There has never been a greater man of God upon the earth than the Apostle Paul. He expended his all for Jesus Christ. From the day that he met his Savior on the dusty Damascus road until the day that he met death at the hands of the Roman executioner, he gave his best in faithful service to God. 
Before his conversion, he used all the powers and talents of his great life against Christ and those that worshipped his way. We read in Acts 9, 1-2, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Now the people of this way were the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. After Paul's conversion, conversation, he gave all the powers and talents of that life to Jesus. He served Christ more faithfully than any man ever served him. He suffered more for Christ than any man upon earth. He probably won more people to Christ, established more churches, and wielded a greater influence in behalf of the Lord's cause than any other Christian who ever lived. Now the end is at hand. He knows that death is near. No more long journeys to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. No more imprisonment, no more beatings, no more stonings, no more hardships, no more suffering. The journey of life will soon be over and he will be at home with Christ, whom he loves above all else. And where is he when he faces death? Certainly he's not upon a recline in some palace of luxury nor upon a hospital bed surrounded by doctors or nurses. No, he's in a cold, damp, damp prison cell, far, far from home, far from loved ones, far from friends and saints. Outside of prison, the block is ready, where he will soon place his head for execution. Do you feel sorry for God's man? Well, don't feel sorry for him. That prison cell is glowing with heavenly light. Paul tells us in Philippians 1, 21 and 23, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. One day I attended a football game and there was a falcon held to a person's wrist by a chain. Just as soon as he was released, he saw straight up towards the sky. Paul was just waiting for his soul to be released, that he might go up to be with Jesus forever. In 2 Timothy 4, 6 8, we read his triumphant words as he waited. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. He knew that his time had come and had no fear. Death to the faithful Christian and to be with Christ is far better. Why could Paul say, I am ready to be offered? Was it because he had worked so hard for Jesus? Was it because he suffered so much? Was it because he had preached more than the rest of the apostles? Was it because he had won so many souls or established so many churches? No, these are not the things that save a man. These are not the things that prepare him for death. He was ready because long ago he had met Jesus on the Damascus Road, later repented of his sins and put all of his faith and trust in the Savior. We read in Acts 9, 3 and 5, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. 
The word pricks means goads, which were sharpened, pointed sticks used to make the oxen go forward. Kicking against them did no good. He immediately injured the oxen. Everywhere he went, he told people that he had been saved by being born again of water and of the Spirit through repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. And he preached to everyone that they too had to be saved the same way. There is only one way of salvation, and it is through Jesus Christ. What then do our works have to do with our salvation? They have nothing to do with our salvation, as we read in Ephesians 2, 8-9. For by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by the grace of God when, when we turn from our sins and trust Christ as our Savior. We are rewarded at the end of the way because of our works with him. The order is salvation first, then work. One day a saint of God lay lying, and a friend said to him, Have you made peace with God? The man answered, No, I don't have to do that. Almost 2,000 years ago at Calvary, Jesus Christ made peace with God for me. I entered that peace when I trusted and accepted him as my Savior. I have no fears now. I am ready to meet my Maker. Jesus tells us in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now Paul had that peace in his heart, and therefore he was ready to go. Do you have that peace? Do you know that it is all well with your soul? If tomorrow were your day to go and you knew it, could you say, it is well with my soul? If you can't say that same Savior, who took Paul home, is ready to save you today. He will give you peace that passes all understanding and prepare you for the life hereafter. Paul pictured his death as a departure. One can liken it to a ship. When it leaves or departs from one port, it soon reaches and anchors at another. In 1962, as boarded the Lurling from San Francisco, as he pulled out of the harbor, the crowds were waving, the music was playing, and others were shedding tears. But we who were on the ship expected to land soon in another harbor, Honolulu. Upon arrival, the Royal Hawaiian Band was playing, the crowds were cheering, and the friends and relatives were there to meet us. Thus, when we depart from this life, others may weep, but we can rejoice, because with Christ in our hearts, we hope soon to land in the heaven amid the shouts of the redeemed and the songs of angelic hosts. Reading 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17 of the believer's hope, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And these comforting words for every believer in Christ Jesus, when the rapture takes place, it will be the first resurrection. As we read in Revelations 26. Blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection, on such a second death had no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. The second death will mean an everlasting and tormenting separation from God, 
It will be the punishment of all who die physically in unbelief and rebellion against God. Today, God is calling a people out of a people to form his one true church, of which he is still the head. He has no desire that any should be lost. We are told often that when one faces death, his whole life passes in review. In that hour, some rejoice over a life well lived for Jesus, as Job did. Read in Job 19, 25 to 27, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job's faith was so strong that he counted on God as his deliverer and redeemer and knew someday he would see God. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Others cry out for an opportunity to go back and live life over again so that they might live indifferently. I'm afraid that many of you who are giving your lives to the world now and who are not giving Jesus first place in your life are going to have an awful time of remorse and sorrow when your time is up. Paul looked back and was satisfied. Since his conversion, he had no reason to be ashamed. He tells us in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, Brethren, I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press for the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. And what is the mark of the prize of that high calling? It is to be the bride of Christ and to be in that number of 144,000 when the new world is revealed. Forget the past. We can learn from the past, but we cannot live in the past. The world we leave will not be the same as the world we entered. The Christian life is a warfare. It involves constant fighting. Now we are told that this fight is not against physical forces, but against the spiritual powers of Satan, which generate from every side. We read in Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that he may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And what is that armor which God has provided? The word of God, the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and prayer. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that he may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all, to stand. The reason that so many people are defeated is because they enter into the battle empty-handed. They try to fight the battles alone instead of taking Christ with them. Right now, there is a great struggle going on in this world. On one side, we find Satan and his army. On the other side, we find Jesus and his forces. Today, we must make the decision about which army to join, as well as which master to serve. If we choose Jesus, the winner, and his winning side, it will mean everything here and in the hereafter. If we select the losing side, it will mean defeat here and everlasting sorrow forever and ever. So choose this day whom you will serve, God or the devil. The choice is yours to make. We find that Nicodemus made the right choice. He was a secret believer in the Lord. He came to Jesus by night, hoping to learn about the way. He was a man of position, of prominence, of power, and of great wealth. But Nicodemus was not satisfied with what he had. There was a hunger in his heart. The things of the earth did not satisfy him. He was always reaching out for something that would bring him happiness and joy. Happiness and peace seemed always to elude him. Then he heard about Jesus and the wonderful work he was doing, healing all manner of sickness and disease. Thus, under the cover of darkness, 
Nicodemus slipped out to see Jesus. As he spoke to the master, he said, no man can do these miracles except God be with him. Yes, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Nicodemus poured out his heart to Jesus. And Jesus looked into the soul of this hungry-hearted Pharisee and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You have many things that the world can give you, but you'll never, never find peace and joy until you have been born again. The world is full of men who try to find happiness in this world. They go everywhere and do everything to find some zest in life, but their search is in vain. To them today, Jesus would say, you are seeking for satisfaction in the wrong places. Come unto me and be born again, and all the joys of heaven and earth will be yours. Jesus said in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God knows you were born once of your parents. That's why the word again is inserted into this verse. The first birth is a fleshy one. The second birth is a spiritual one. Now you may see many wonderful things in the world. You may see the Grand Canyon, but you'll never see the tree of life in heaven unless you have been born again. You may see the great cities of the world, but you'll never see the holy city of the New Jerusalem unless you have been born again. You may see the great countries of the world in all their splendor, but you'll never see the land that is fairer than day unless you have been born again. You may live in the finest mansions that money can buy, but you'll never see the Father's house or many mansions unless you have been born again. Jesus said he must be born again. He emphasized the must. This is one of his divine imperatives. Listen to John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ. According to Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit is to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in an unknown tongue or language. According to the Bible, this is the only evidence which can be used to verify and confirm that one has received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, Mary, the mother of Jesus, received the gift of the Holy Spirit too, speaking in tongues. Consequently, if, the mother, if Mary, the mother of Jesus, needed the Holy Ghost, how much more then do we need the Holy Spirit to withstand the endless waves of Satan's fiery darts? Peter informs us in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no name in this world comparable to the name Jesus in this Christian warfare, you fight against your own carnal nature, but he doesn't take away the old carnal nature. There is an eternal fight which goes on within you, the fight between good and evil. When you become a true born-again Christian, God gives you a spiritual nature, but he doesn't take away the old carnal nature. The flesh is still with you, and therefore the fight will always be going on within you between the flesh and the spirit. A spiritual nature says, you are a Christian. You must not do this thing. Well, the carnal nature says, go ahead. This won't harm you. Enjoy it. If you don't have that constant battle between the good and the evil, it is not because you are perfect. It is because you have given in to sin. Let us read James 1, 13 to 16. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. 
God sends tests and trials only to make us better. Our own selfish desires are the source of evil. We are drawn away by them. The cause of sin is in ourselves. Spiritual death means eternal separation from God. How is the battle of carnal nature won? It will never be completely won until one lays aside the robe of flesh, the losers of sin, and mount up as an eagle to the skies. The only way to overcome is through Jesus Christ, through prayer, self-denial, active service, and a close communion with Jesus. Thus, we must fight against worldliness. What is worldliness? It is anything that comes between an individual and God, anything one puts first or before God. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2, 15-16, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The Lord is always putting us to a test. What if one day someone comes to you representing an organization of the world, an organization which does nothing to win souls or bring glory to God? You are offered a position which will mean publicity, clamor, prestige, and popularity. But at the same time, it means that you will be forced to give less time and less effort to Christ and your church. What must you do? You must fight it. You must put it aside, as Jesus tells in Mark 8, 36-37, For what shall a prophet a man who shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man ex give in exchange for his soul? In other words, what's the sense of gaining wealth, health, lands, and all the material things of the world and lose your own soul? You can never say at the end of the way, I have fought a good fight, unless you have turned down the world in favor of Jesus Christ. Today, we must battle for truth and the gospel of the kingdom of God. We are living today in an age of cults and isms. The world is full of man-made religions which have no biblical foundations. Give us the old-time religion. If it was good enough for Paul and Silas, it is good enough for us today. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. It takes a false word gospel to enter into the kingdom of God. Yes, Paul fought a good fight. He lived a stormy life. As a Christian comes to the end of the trail and looks back, he knows all that counts in is his relationship to Jesus and the service he has given to the master. I want to tell you that Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Hopefully at the end of the way, we will be able to say confidently, I have fought a good fight and kept the faith. Now, if you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and the Beauty's telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless you and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Our church band will now close our telecast with this resounding tune entitled, Victory Ahead. <laughs>
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.